0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Who's Your Band? Uh, Sean, how are you today, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm talking with you, Jeff. Th-
0: that's a good thing. That's a good thing for you. Uh, I'm excited today. I don't know if you're excited. I'm in a great mood. I'm
1: excited. I'm always in a good mood.
0: Me too. I know I'm excited. We have two real interesting guests. You know, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to both these guys. Um, from Mars Day in the Time, Macy Gray, we have bass play. This guy plays... Andre, how many instruments do you play, by the way?
2: Uh, You mean, like, competently or? <laughs> yes, yes, competently. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know. People have different counts because keyboard instruments count as different things. So I, I, I guess uh, maybe five or six or seven, maybe eight, if depending on what we're counting.
0: Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, that is Andre Holmes. <laughs> What's hey. up? Hello. And from Saturday Night Live and comedy clubs across America, not in 2020, but in any other year, <laughs> Mr. Dean Edwards. How are you, Dean? Peace, peace. I'm doing well, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Guys, we really appreciate your time and coming out here. This is, this is awesome. Uh, I'm excited to talk to, like I said, both of you guys. Um, I want to start talking to Andre uh, first. Um, Andre, uh, did you grow up in Minneapolis? No, I am actually
2: born and raised in Louisiana.
0: Oh shit! Country
2: boy from yeah, from down south, Monroe, Louisiana, actually northeast part of the state, and um, and started my roots uh, playing music there. Um, Historically black uh, college is uh, Grambling State University, which is in North Louisiana, and uh, so kind of cut my teeth there, going to their laboratory. Uh, magnet program school. So I started as a little fourth grader and started playing trumpet and then everything just kind of spiraled out of control from there and
0: it never stopped. Uh, Trumpet is a great intro instrument because of the fingering and the numbering, correct? Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And, And just there's a good
2: theoretical base that comes with playing any horn instrument. You have to kind of get your, uh, your, your notes and your scales and things like that. And so you generally learn all 12 keys uh, pretty early on. And that will benefit you for the rest of your life if you want to play music.
0: So you're growing up in Louisiana. And was there music in the house? Like, and who were your early influences? You, was your mom and dad into music, brothers and sisters?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was something uh, a bit of a
0: mix of all of that.
2: Definitely musical family. There was a piano in the house. So, my first real instrument was probably banging around on a piano, right? Having no did idea you, what I'm doing. Do you but, have an ear right away? Man, I'm not sure if I have an ear now. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. It's something that I've worked on. And honestly, like in all sincerity, it's something that I still work on. I envy those guys who have this weird thing that they can hear. Like, my son is kind of is going in that direction. Uh, I'm not sure how, I don't know. So I, I have a good ear. I've, I was always naturally inclined to it, but I worked real hard for it. You know what I'm saying? I worked hard
0: for it. But
1: you're so a professional
0: musician. You're a, yes. And, you, and you, you still practice, you have to practice every day to be good? Yeah, yes.
1: I learned I learned how to play two songs on the piano when I was growing up. I took like four years of piano lessons. I learned how to play Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue and right here waiting by Richard Marks. So when I would try to impress a girl, they're like, Oh, play me a song. And I'd start playing Home Sweet Home. They go, play me another song. I start playing Richard Marks. They go, play me another song. I'm like, bitch, you're out of luck. That's the only two I know. (laughs) Hey sir, you too
2: may be a professional musician. You can do it. All you gotta do is you just gotta know a couple of things and then and the rest is fluff.
1: Oh it's
0: horrible. <laughs> what was the early music you used to listen to? Um, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you. My first big influence,
2: as far as music that changed my life, um, was was Prince. But I was always into a lot of music. I loved classical music as a kid. Um, I loved jazz, so my mom bought me like some George Benson cassette tapes. Wow. Yeah, and um, which were sweet. I loved Ozzy Osbourne and Kiss. Uh, as a little boy, and then Megadeth became one of my favorite bands, still is one of my favorite bands. Of just, I love Dave Mustaine. I love Megadeth. I don't care what anyone thinks about it. I love it. Um, but then Prince changed my life. When I saw Prince and saw him on stage, actually, I heard him first, and it blew my mind. The sound that was happening blew my mind. What was, was the my first older-
0: Prince song? What was the song that got you into him?
2: Thieves in the Temple was the first song I ever heard by Prince. This is later, later Prince. Yeah, this is later. This is later that I got into Prince. And it was like I was uh, standing outside of my oldest brother's bedroom. He was listening to Thieves in the Temple. I remember standing outside of the door where he couldn't see me, but I could hear. And after the song was over, I literally walked into his room and said, what was that? Hmm. He's like, dude, that's Prince. You don't know Prince? And I was like, no. And he just... He just kind of gave me a short education. And then uh, shortly after that, who would have known, I was in Prince's house hanging out and like on tour with one of his bands. Uh, Yeah, it's a trippy thing, but that was the moment. And that was the song off of Graffiti Bridge, uh, Changed My Life. Great song. That's amazing. Prince is one of the only
1: artists that I can honestly say uh, influenced me just on different levels. Like not only just music, I even got a tattoo. I got the Prince logo tattoo. There you go, my man. Like, That's what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, and it just not even because of the music. I got the logo because, you know, when he when he went through the whole contract dispute and he changed yeah. his name to that, that was just a big fuck you to everybody. Like, he's like, look, I'm going to put music out, and now I'm this this symbol. So yeah. I, I got that because kind of like with comedy, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like I look down, and I just I keep true. That's why I got it. Oh, that. man.
2: Oh, that is so powerful. Thank you for being a part of that family
3: and the familyhood. Absolutely. That's beautiful.
0: Yes. King, do you like Prince? Any? Uh, any
3: I have a sports? tattoo of Prince? Now I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would have been dope if I did. That would so
1: yeah. <laughs> be great if we all had tattoos of Prince, right? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are more of Yeah. It's like the three, <laughs> three of us have Prince tattoos. Jeff pulls out a fucking air supply tattoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I had tickets for air supply until this fucking
1: pandemic. I know you did. <laughs>
3: Nah man, yeah. I, um, I love I, we, you know who doesn't love Prince. I uh, I remember my cousin, she, my older cousin, she was into Prince, and I think the first record I remember hearing from Prince probably was "Controversy." Yes. Um, that was his first big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember he, it, it's funny. I thinking back, I don't know if I knew he was a was a man when I first heard that song. He sang very high back then. It, I, you know, all the thing people say and, and so you you heard it and you like, like, I d I don't know what it is, but I like it. It's doing something to me, you know. And, and then, then you uh, saw the album cover and it just still didn't answer the question. Right, right. <laughs> I I didn't know what ambiguous was back then, but right, i right right,
1: right,
2: right, yes.
3: And and then and, uh but then she, she I mean she was obviously she was older, so she was on Prince before everybody else, before he be, even even before 1999, and then I remember, I think 1999 was the first video that I saw of him, and, and it you know this is when MTV first really was popping in in New York. We had a uh, video music box. No, no, actually, uh New York Hot Tracks. Wait, wait, with video, video
0: music box, box DJ Ralph McDaniels.
3: Yes, yes, it still yes. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video He's still, music still around. Box. He's still, yeah, he's still, uh, they actually just did a um, uh, COVID relief um, thing about a month ago, because he, he, you know, he has, from what I understand, he has a basement full of tapes of all of our favorites um, in hip hop from way back when. So he has this catalog, man. I mean, he's he's you know, priceless gem. But um, with with Prince, it, it was uh, it was it was just you knew you saw something special, you just didn't know what it was. And I think knew I he think he was cool. He was cool, yeah. Right from the get-go, yeah, right? because like, because he he had he had that swagger, you know. He had a swagger. And so did the rest
0: of the band. Like for me, it yeah. was the little red Corvette video. Yeah. And I, I like that little breakaway, like when he does it, you know, when well, he, he does, does the dance, dance he does a spin yeah. and does a split. Yeah. And, yeah. But then do you remember, he had a guy in the band, the guy with the Japanese headband.
3: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Je- I love that the guy. Jesse something? That's Dickerson. That's Dickerson.
2: Yeah.
0: That was Dez.
3: Yeah.
2: That, yeah. that was Brother Dez. yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: He did have the, the Japanese the Japanese bandana, like and Daniel Sine.
0: And he was just cool and he was playing a little bit on and he had a, a, a couple of lines on uh the 1999 song remember That's life right. is just a party right he, yeah oh, yeah. That yeah that please line. don't say that not- <laughs> jesus christ but when i woke up this morning could have sworn it
2: that, was it, it, judgment it, it,
0: day yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> <is>. <laughs> that was that guy who was great now you got what was it like hanging out with prince holy smoke uh,
2: holy smoke, dude, is right. Uh, like, holy smoke, honestly, literally. It was like being around holy smoke. Um, it, you know, surreal, surreal. Uh, but he was so funny, and he was just a regular guy. The times I got to really hang out with him were really, I consider special times, because it would be with uh, the band the time, you know, generally. Um, either after a show that we had done or a performance that he had done when we're in town Um, and generally private parties so not a lot of people and it's kind of Prince doing his thing Um, I just have really wonderful memories of him I mean uh, he liked to watch like if they let's see there was a performance earlier that day that he had done well that evening, you would be in Prince's company and watching the video of the performance that he had just done. And he'd be walking around on couches with his remote control because, you know, he's not a big guy. And he did walk around on the couches. He like would walk across the room via the couches. And he would be like with the remote and just like watching himself. And it kind of it showed me something. It was like, oh, okay, so it is okay to watch your performances. <laughs> like, right. you know, sure. you're sure. not being weirdly vain, like as Prince is doing. And I'm like, okay, well, this must be a thing. And um, yeah, it just always good food, music, and uh, man, just just in awe.
1: Yeah, he okay. they, he uh, he put out an album like in 2014 with the uh, Third Eyed Girl. Yeah, yeah, and they were playing uh, yeah. City Winery. And so yeah, you know, there's yeah, this yeah. Is big rumor like, oh, you know, Prince is gonna show up. I'm like, I'm, I'm not driving to the city at like 1130 at night, man. It was like on a <laughs> Tuesday and shit. And uh, yeah, he, uh, they played for like a half an hour. Like he threw them off the stage, he played like three hours at City Winery, to place a place that holds like 150 people. Yes. Yeah, I pretty much, I wanna punch myself in the dick for that one. Which, really, which City are,
2: Winery, where are you exactly?
1: I, well, I'm you in here? Jersey. I'm I'm right outside You're, the Holland Tunnel, so. yeah, Okay, all right, so it's okay. okay. 10 minutes away from me.
3: So you're saying laziness as a comic uh, (laughs) held you back What a shock, honey. Right, right. What a shock. I'm not surprised.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad we have some common threads in the, you know what, I've always had, I have friends who are, good friends who are comedians. I respect the craft. I really do. Everyone thinks they're funny. Everyone thinks they can be a comedian. And until you get close enough to the real craft and you're like, no. No, you can't, and you may not want to. You know, it's that's. It's, so I have nothing but the utmost respect. But we do have some, um, some, some of the lines definitely uh, they parallel and maybe cross up there. So yeah, I, 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 I always say that good. musicians yeah. want
1: to be comics, and comics want yeah. to be musicians. Yes, yes, yeah. and actors want to be musicians, and musicians
2: and people want to be actors. It's it's one of those things. But we're all artists. And the, the cool artists, thing is, right. we all live under that art umbrella. And so right. when you when you're creating and you're creative. You know, you, you, you almost think that there's nothing that you can't do. And that's a good thing. That's the reason True. we can fucking do some of the things that we can do. Because we didn't put that break on ourselves. You know, now, yeah. then you get to a, a point where it's like, well, talent takes over or, you know, skill comes in and, and some got it and some ain't got it. Right. So, you know.
3: Well, you look at, you look at um, so many artists that transition from music to in front of the camera or or sure. lady gaga uh, from, comes to from, mind or behind the camera yeah, yeah. gaga uh, or jamie fox yes uh, uh, yes you know uh um i, I was gonna say uh trent bresner's scoring films you know so we, like you said uh Audrey, we're all artists and i think i think what um what pushes us is not having those limitations because I think everybody um on the Zoom right now at some point somebody told each of us, Are you sure you want to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. Now you said you've been playing playing various instruments since you were a kid. So that's part of your trajectory. Um, and at some point you became an outlier because you put so many hours into that. So it's not it's not unlikely that you would pursue music and find some level of success. It may not be the success that people want, because I think people that have never done what we do, um, see it and they're like, oh, well, you're only a success if I see you in a video or in rotation on the radio constantly, whereas we all are working artists, right? We're all working performers that have found a way to earn a living being creative. And so from that, from hearing no from so many people and finding success, um as, as a musician, it's not it's not un, unheard of for you to at some point say, you know what? I, I I'm funny to my friends. I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm funny to my friends. I'm going to at least get on stage because I have I, I've been on stage, so I know how to command an audience, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this comedy's about. Or as a, as a as a comic, um, not that not me, but other other comics that are musicians saying, you know, what I wanted to go play this open mic where where they let people play guitars, go go down to groove on West Third and McDougal on mm-hmm. Monday night for the open mic. You know, it's it's, it's I think it's a natural progression
1: i definitely You're felt good. that uh when i, I went agree. into comedy i felt much more at ease because right. i was in a band for eight years before that okay so, you know, now so, why uh,
3: why why would you say you feel um, more at ease just because you just because it, i mean working.
1: just stage presence you know because okay. I, I was the lead singer so stage presence oh, yeah. okay uh you know knowing your way of walking around things like that talking to the crowd in between stuff like that but right. uh i know people who you know, it took a long time for them to get their stage presence. And I felt like that was, I know the material came a lot later. It really did, right. but the stage presence right. was there. I mean, and the com- the level of comfortable was just there from the first night. Right. Well,
2: that's you know, amazing to me because I hear that and I feel comfortable on stage. I got over being uncomfortable with people looking at you pretty much at an early age. I think playing in right. church as a kid, you know, right. playing music. Right. You know, you you had two live performances, Wednesday and Sunday, each week. uh, And it just kind of was a good training ground. But when you said the material came later, I'm like, wow. Because that would be my fear as to exactly what you were saying. Like, not that I'm compelled to do this, but in my mind, I would love to like, like maybe try to come up with five minutes, like a, not a tight five, but just, just a loose five and and like try to get out there I don't think I'd have a problem getting on stage but when the material if the material started to fail me I don't know I don't have the skill set or the 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 thing and so that's amazing that you were able to do it and then the material came later because I think for me, in my mind, without the material, I, I have nothing to say.
3: But, but you, you know, likability
0: you know, right off the bat, though.
3: That's yeah, right. and that's what I was gonna say. You're, even if the material doesn't, because because I'd say probably seventy-five percent of comics, the first time they get on stage, they they don't do well. But something something makes them say, "I want to get back on stage and figure out how." figure out that, that that math equation, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because you're already a performer, what would carry you through, like Jeff said, you have a likability and you already have stage presence. And you Absolutely. know, with, with any performance is about connecting with the audience and fear. And the audience senses that uncertainty. So if you're yeah. on stage and cowering, which I'm sure you wouldn't be just because you've already lived a life on stage, even if it bombs, you've, been in, you've done enough shows and enough hole in the wall clubs before you got with, with Morris Day and the Time to yeah. know how to pivot, how to make that adjustment. Cause it's really, it's really a dance, it's like boxing, you know, and, and so you figure it out.
0: Uh, that's beautiful, that's stuff? beautiful. Say again? Where did you get your start?
3: I started man in uh in upstate upstate. I, I'm from I'm from the Bronx originally um, but we moved a bunch of times uh, and I was in college. Um, sh- sh- also I want a quick shout out to Andre cuz I played trumpet for 6 years too so I mm. so I so I feel your pain when when, yes, you, sir. when when you're 7 years old and carrying that big <laughs> that big leather case. And you have school books. There's and nothing you get to ignore. Did you
2: take the bus? Did you take like? Now, we struggle?
3: walked. I had to walk. I had to walk with with my bags, my my, my backpack, and that that uh, heavy brass trumpet, man. And and yes, <laughs> so I know I know your your pain. And um, I started. And that struggle man, is real. The struggle is real out here. So I salute any uh any any creatives that find their way on stage as a career um I was always like a creative kid play you know playing like I said I played the trumpet and and were I was a kid it's funny
0: because you're one of the were you always funny did you know you're funny did your friends tell you were funny were you voted funniest kid in school
3: I, I was I was pretty funny and my, my gift was I, I knew how to uh I knew I was a mimic, so I. I would get laughs just from mimicking everyone, from uh, you know, from Bugs Bunny to Eddie Murphy, you know, mm-hmm. and and over time, like I, I remember watching Delirious when I was what thirteen years old, and running it, watching it on v- VHS all weekend, and by Monday, coming into school like you know, and and mimicking at least ten <laughs> minutes of his set, and then two weeks later, knowing the whole set verbatim down to his breasts, right. And so that's when I decided that's what I want to do because I saw power in it. And um, fast forward to uh, my, my uh, I, I say it was uh, 92 February. It was actually a week before Deaf Comedy Jam premiered. I, um, I was in the play fences at my school and we were having uh, rehearsals, were running late. And in the meantime, my, my college was also having Apollo night that that Friday. Okay. It was, uh, I went to Monroe Community College and Rochester, Inst- to the technology. And uh, at MCC, um, they had Apollo night because Showtime at the Apollo was a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. I think Sinbad might have been the host at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I went and wound up just, they were rehearsing. So I wound up on stage, snapping and, and roasting. And a friend, Kiki, she was like, you should you should get in the show. And it was only two days later. So I had 48 hours to just cram. And so I took all my books, all my joke books for the last Nine, ten years, which are really just homework uh, notepads that I never did the homework in, but I had, you know, mad jokes in, and I wound up coming in second place in that contest. That's uh, great, uh,
1: dude. We have a very similar story.
3: Oh, really? Because my really? first so my good. first
1: time on stage was a comedy competition. Oh, wow! And I had wow. been I had been in my band for so long, and like you know, when and you guys all know when you're when you're creative and you have that, that just that different kind of mindset that people have when you're not doing something creative you start getting nuts. And I was driving past my house, I saw this big billboard that said, uh, comedy competition. And I wrote the number down, I called the guy, he's like, oh, you have five minutes? I go, yeah, I got five minutes. Of course, I got five minutes. <laughs> I had never written a joke in my life. At this point. So, I literally just, I picked two topics and I did my five and there was 250 people at this show for my first time on stage. There was 25 <laughs> comics and I came in second place. Dude. And then I thought, I thought yeah. every show was like that. I thought every <laughs> single show was like that. So right at the show, this guy uh, who was like an old producer at the Laugh Factory in New York when they were open, he's like, Ooh, hey, who was it? Who was it? Uh, Joe Losner.
3: Okay, I
0: probably buy a He does the, the Metal lens comedy. Uh, yeah, book. he's he's oh, a horrible God. human
1: being, but uh, gives me his card. He listens like, to the show. show, by the way, Sean. What's that? He listens to the <laughs> show, by the way. <laughs> show, <laughs> well, then he um, knows he's
0: um, horrible. I'm sorry, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, Andre Holmes said it, not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you, you're 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 in Alabama, okay? Yeah, hey, yeah. Almost I'm going to Alabama. Yeah, because me and Andre look alike.
1: And uh my next show is for three people in Sea C- Caucus. So I was like that was like a real <laughs> yeah. mind blowing thing. Man. So you learn like, show cool. business
3: early, you learn that it's uh you could be here and then suddenly a week later you're oh, there. Yeah. That's an important lesson in oh, entertainment. yeah, entertainment. I've
1: gone from going to doing an ice cream shop on a Sunday. <laughs> for, three, for 13 people and then doing the borgata the next night for a thousand right. people right it's, yeah it's the sick it's show the business. sickest stupidest most disgusting business in the world and i wouldn't i can't wait to get back speaking right. of show yeah. business let's go to andre yeah. for a second
0: andre how do you make the leap from growing up going to school in louisiana and then getting in mars day and the time
2: Again, not knowing better, not knowing that it was something that there was a process. I didn't know that there was a network of people that you should have had and established. I didn't know any of that. So um, I was a big fan of the time. And when they would come to town, I would, uh, or into my region, rather, it, near Louisiana, within Two hundred miles or so. Like I was at a show, I was at the show, and I Unlike just developed the relationship.
0: Martin, who wouldn't go? You know, twenty-five miles, <laughs> seven seven minutes. minutes to
1: go see Prince. I
2: minutes. mean, <laughs> uh, uh, what can I say? You hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, just being that guy, and I guess it kind of manifested into uh, what I always tell young people is like you know, and and I've had that question before. How did you? How did you end up playing with these bands or whatever? I really don't know what to say. Band. Legendary, legendary band. Legendary right. band. A what couple of legendary bands, because with- Fishbone was the other band. Fishbone right was my f-
3: Fishbone. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so, yeah, right? So, I mean, but it really is the same process for me, at least. It was just kind of showing up and being there, being in the place, being a guy who was, who uh, just was always there. And so I tell people, be that guy. You know, it's kind of like if you wanted to be on at the comedy club, even if you weren't on, you're there, you're studying, you're doing your craft, and it just takes that one night where someone doesn't show up. And, like, the booker, the promoter looks around and he's like, what the fuck, what are we gonna, you, I mean, do you have five minutes? It's like, yes. And if you get up there and you kill, because you're kind of honed and you're studying that craft and you're just hungry, if you're just waiting there, scraps will fall. If you just stay at the edge of the table. uh, I think Someone will pay attention to you. And that's how it was for me. I just kept showing up tenacity. I didn't care how embarrassing it was. I, I was embarrassed to tell my wife that I was going out to shows that I wasn't playing on, you know, and I moved oh, to man. Los Angeles to be a musician. And she's like, But you're not on the show. Yeah, but I'm going to the show because the musicians who are doing what I wanna do are there doing it. So I just you wanna have be to have there. No
0: ego or a yeah. huge ego to survive in this business, yeah, right? Man.
2: And, and so whatever it is, either way, you know, you got to embrace what you got. And uh, you just got to gotta go for it, man. I just went for it.
0: Nobody told me I couldn't. So I just, I just tried everything I so you're could. Showing up that, Andre, you're showing up at these shows. Yeah. How do, you, how do you go from being a fan at the shows to actually being in the band and performing on stage? That's insane. Yeah, you learn the music <laughs> just like you learned Eddie <laughs> Murphy. Murphy right? Did you have to I audition? Did,
2: no, I never had to audition, which is a beautiful thing. I never auditioned for Fishbone. I didn't audition for Morris Day wow. in the Time, and I did not wow. audition for Macy Gray. Um, I may have had a, an, an audition-ish for Macy Gray, but not with Macy. It was with her musical director and the bass player. And we got together, and we played music, and it was just like, OK, great, dude. Like, OK, let's go. Um,
3: I, uh, was it just a jam session? Like, like yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to, or he or she wanted to just what rock out with you, and and it was a vibe. Yeah.
2: well, by that time, yes, uh, my name had was out there with Macy Gray. My I had been established for for a while, and um, she needed a a person first of all who could play trumpet and guitar. Oh, so wow! That wow. thinned out the herd right there. That thins the herd, and then they called um, a great um, promoter. In LA, and he gave them my name. They reached out to me. I met with the musical director, and then we were flying off to Germany.
0: You know, That's amazing. Why do, Dean? That's how crazy. did you? Now how did you go from being a kid, you know, doing this like open mic show to getting on Saturday Night Live? And you were on there for a couple of seasons.
3: Yeah, um, pretty much the same, man. Just, just once, once you once you sort of found the passion that you were, you were in it. I think all of us, when we first start, you're just happy to be a, amongst the other weirdos, right? <laughs> you know, so, yes. so, so find so your I, clan. You find your clan, man. And once, once mm-hmm. you find, I, 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 my my uh, eldest daughter just graduated from high school, and, uh, yeah, and she's an animator. Thanks. And and I just I told her, I said, you know, now, you know, you you're gonna have your friends from high school that that you remain friends with, but now you really get to find. Your clan find the other people that would go and veg out for hours in a corner of the room, right? And so that's what I did. Once, once I, once I really started. Once I moved back to the, I moved back to New York. Actually, wait, what's today? Twenty fifth. Today, dude, I moved back to the Bronx, right? I told you, it was born in the Bronx. I moved back to the Bronx twenty five years ago today. Wow. on 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 uh, june twenty fifth nineteen ninety five i moved back to the bronx and then i would i engrossed myself in it and i was i was out of every club especially in the nineties man because you had you had the mainstream clubs and then you had the 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 rooms and then you had the urban rooms so i would i would go when i finally got a, a telemarketing job i would wake up um at you know six six thirty get to work by nine take the tr- get to the train by 730 make it to Brooklyn by 830 work from nine to five and then I, I would carry my carry my backpack I had whatever hot like dAngelo was was my my temp agency album right because because <laughs> the dude I mentioned earlier DJ logic he used to he used to just get albums um, that weren't hot yet. And so that was, that's why I mm. love D'Angelo to this day because he was up kind of, we both were on the same journey. And um, I would I would take the train to multiple spots every night, get home probably at like twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning and do it all again the next day because I was just happy to be around everybody. So by the time SNL came around- They um, come they, looking for
0: you or did you pursue them?
3: No, you know they saw me at a at a showcase. They saw me at a uh, at Stand Up New York on West Seventy Eighth. Um, I, I I actually earlier that day I had um I had auditioned for Mad T V and crushed it. And um and the story goes, I, I auditioned for Mad TV, had such a great um audition, they gave me a call back as soon as I left for the next day with producers. Um, and so that night that I had a stand up showcase, I was feeling good, so I had a great set. Went back from Mad TV the next day, it went well. And then two weeks later, my agent called and said, Mad TV is they don't even want to screen test you, they want they're offering you six episodes that can roll to 12. And, and he said, There was good news and better news. I said, Well, what's the better news? He said, Well, the people from SNL were in the audience that night. Um, do you remember so who? Now- uh, I believe it was Ayala Cohen. Um, I I always is it Ayala or Ayana? I think it was Ayana Cohen, Ayana um, Cohen, from from SNL, from one of the uh, talent uh, people.
0: Is uh, Marcy the other one?
3: And I don't. Marcy wasn't there. Okay. Um, but then Marcy was one of the people that what, when I when I got hired when I went to meet um, Lauren after the after the screen test, she was one of the people. Her Tina Fey, Mike Shoemaker. And um, Lauren never tells you you're hired. He just for me for me. He said, "Good, we'll see you here," <laughs> and uh, and then I left left the office. And Marcy's like, ha, ha? "I was like, yeah, he's nice." She's like, "So?" I was like, "I I said I don't know." It's just like I said, "Am I hired?" She's like, "Yes." I said, "Oh, because he didn't say anything." I didn't, you know. And, and then uh, and then my first day of work was actually supposed to be uh, September 11, 2001. <laughs>
1: Okay. The oh, oh, yeah. So go
3: figure, you know, yeah. you, you,
0: were, you were known for your impressions on this show. But here's something I think a lot of uh, people who don't know this about Dean Edwards, you were in the military, right? The, uh, yeah, I was in the army, I was okay. in the army. 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 and yeah, didn't, and didn't. <laughs> didn't you kind of like do impressions of your drill sergeant
3: well i used to i used to mock especially in, in boot camp man i used to mock my drill so i still tell myself i'm a right write a uh, movie about boot camp because it's such a such an exciting experience that so many people have going through and uh yeah drill sergeant lanier all right private get your dick in the dirt private <laughs> you know it was and and that yeah. was, you know, that was how I, I, I would get in trouble.
0: Sounds like for, a football coach at LSU. Uh,
3: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, so I... Uh, the only way I got in trouble when I was in, uh, in boot camp, and then I learned, I looked like, we had a platoon of 60, and 30 of them were from Puerto Rico, and then there were probably about 10 white dudes and 20 black dudes, and... I looked like two other brothers that were about 6'4 <laughs> in the BDUs and had the uh, the the uh, uh, the birth control lenses, glasses, because I wore glasses back then. So I learned how to just blend in. I do not want to do any extra push-up there.
0: <laughs> now, the name of the our show here is called Who's Your Band? And now you're from the Bronx originally, yeah. and your band is a Long Island group called yeah. Andre. Public Enemy. Do you know Public Enemy? I, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, little little non-controversial uh, rap group from the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay, yeah, no. okay, thanks. Okay, now we're on the same page. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> back me up here. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to be cool, guys. Oh. You're cool. oh, no, you're going, you're going. I'm trying, to, I'm down. I'm, I'm with it. Are you, you uh, down with Chet. OPP, Jeff?
3: You, you are I, channeling I, I, I'm getting early Kurt Loder MTV.
1: <laughs> my <dad.
3: laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Still... <laughs> Shut
2: up, oh, Andre.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're joining this way too much. You're, you're becoming Sean Morton's favorite new I, I, I knew my I No. Idea. I, no. <laughs> I knew I was going to love this because I knew I would just be laughing at you guys the
2: whole time because I'm just a friggin I'm a I'm a gesture's favorite participant like I will laugh at anything so guys have at it I I don't you know
0: No, but you do (laughs) when when it comes to Public Enemy in my opinion back me up best rapper ever Chuck D yes
3: no Chuck Chuck, I you know what I don't like giving anybody the best like like as much as I love because he was so passionate but but connected
0: with his words man like to me what he was, you know, whatever topic, whether I agreed with him, not agreed with him, mm-hmm. you knew he was real. You knew he was authentic.
3: You know, he was, a, he he, was an original, or is he still is? He Still he is, still is. is an original. Yeah, yes. my shirt,
0: man. I'm, uh,
3: rage. he's oh, a okay, Rage. Yeah. Combination of yeah, both man. groups. Yeah, <laughs> with Vice, I hold the mic. Device. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> record. Um, yeah, I think, I think, Public Enemy. I think a lot of hip hop groups back then. All were uh, individuals, and, and they everybody had their own style. That's what I loved about what they considered the golden era of, of hip hop was that Public Enemy didn't sound like Run DMC, and right. EPMB didn't sound like Stetsasonic, and and MC Light was totally different than Queen Latifah. Everybody, yeah. everybody stood stood in their own, in in stark contrast to. Um, the current era of hip hop, where everyone has the same thing, a lot. Everybody has sort of a same, similar everybody cadence got the and same thing. It got it? It's it? that's it. It's like right. really? That's right. not that's okay. Right. Talent. Right. Whereas Pup, with with <laughs> Chuck D, when, when Chuck, you know, t- Chuck's rhymes were like de- declarative, like no matter what the name, we're all the same pieces in one big chess game, and then contrasting. He yeah, meant that man. shit. He wasn't posing. Yeah. He wasn't
0: saying right. just to, to right. panda to people. Whether right. he didn't give a shit if you agreed with him, didn't right. agree with him. He meant that stuff. Like think about songs like Don't Believe the Hype, yes. Uh, yes. Bring the Noise, yeah. Can't yeah. Trust It by the yeah. Time I Get
3: To Arizona. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those
0: were songs, man. They, you know, he wasn't talking about bullshit
3: either. He was real. And you and you know what? What what, I'm sorry. You know what? If you think about it, Public Enemy's songs were not were not party records, like, um, you know. It was when social
2: you, commentary before they yeah, allowed yeah. it to be called social commentary. Right. It was angry right. black gangster right. rap or whatever right. the labels that they right. were putting on it. Other artists were able to do some of the same things, had been doing it for decades, and it was called social commentary. Right. And when it came in a certain package for a while there, it wasn't given that same, that same uh, kind of cultural or, or whatever that moniker, of like, right. oh, this is a certain person's point of view from their reality, and we can gain, we can glean from it. It wasn't right. viewed that way at at the beginning. Right. Anyways, I'm sorry. Well, because
3: because they, they were they were young black men, and, and, and exactly. Well, that's was what I'm trying I mean, to avoid saying. The the, the, the beauty, I said. Well, I mean, even his logo, which is actually very current now, a, a, a black male in the crosshairs of of a, of a semi-automatic weapon. You know, I, I thought that everything that that um. Public Enemy would, and Chuck D did sort of there. There was a method to their madness from from their logo to to the to the the name and the font that they used to uh, Chuck D's you know hard heavy voice contrasting with with Flavor flavors, light hearted yeah boy you know it was it was and then the S one Ws in the background scaring with 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 Uzis you know marching yeah, yeah. In, in formation. Uh, um, you know, they, it, to me, it was always amazing that you would go to their concerts and you'd you'd see these suburban white kids with their soccer moms. <laughs> it was hilarious I saw them
1: opening for the Beasties.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I, remember
1: that. See, see, I, I grew up but, as like a rock metal dude, you know. Yeah, yeah the, there of, we are, you and me. Right of there. the MTV generation. Uh, you know? uh, uh, so when you're coming home from school, What was the first thing that was on? Yo MTV Raps. Yo MTV Raps. Raps. I always, I would always know, like I would listen to Public Enemy, and like I had Black Planet, I had all the records, and you know, I would say to myself, "This is there's something here." Like even at a young age, I knew that there was a difference because I'm listening to that, and then I'm listening to Funky Cole Medina, and they're both considered rap, and I'm like. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> the, the same. The same. Right. It's totally it's Chuck same. D different. Right? You know a little who bit. Who should get?
0: You know who should get credit for? I think blending the two is a guy like Rick Rubin. Because yeah. members well, are- absolutely,
2: absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: you know, and he came in, and I love that you brought him up because from the producer aspect, I really love that guy. I mean, to to do, and even to this day, like when you listen to him talk about the legacy of the work that he's done. He's only talking about the craft and the music, and that to me is like that dude sees so far ahead, which is the reason he was able to produce yeah. the Chili and Peppers and the Beastie Boys. I, I mean, and and so there, I, there. I'm glad you said that because a lot of credit has to be paid oh. to
0: that brother who
2: brought, brought Russell, a lot of credit to
3: Russell Simmons. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. well that's
0: yep, that's well, a whole other back thing, back- but, that's the pairing Def jam Def that allowed jam. a group yeah. like run dmc to go on and now you think of, right. of rick rubin and the blending of the two remember the song yeah. rock block a rock rock box yeah yeah I think of rock yeah. anyway, but rock box with that heavy metal with wow. rap, and that was rick rubin and that record yeah. still holds up to this day that rock box big.
3: yo, rock box is 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 the, this, the eighth grade trip to DC, I remember first hearing that, man. And everybody, we were on the bus, and we were like, yo, what is that? And just play it just played on loop. Because I, I think that, that what was beautiful about music um, back in the days was, you know, I think all of us, you know, grew up with with a variety, right? It wasn't so packaged because, you know, right. I, I love the Doobie Brothers and Christopher Cross. Um, just as much as I loved uh, folk, funkadelic and cool in the gang and Michael Jackson and Prince, you know, so that you, as you had variety music.
0: As long as it's good, we're gonna listen to it. As listen,
1: 1985. Yeah. I was about four foot ten and about 210 pounds. I'm nine years old, wearing a fucking red jacket movie. and a white glove, thinking I was the white Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I did this a lot to myself growing up. I swear to Christ. I can remember when Fight the Power came you out. Like, right? and you were like Corey then at the time. Well, we got I should be so lucky, right? I can remember when Fight the Power came out, right? And I'm listening to the, he's like, Elvis was a hero to most people. me. And that was great. I, I totally stepped on that, but we'll get back to that. And, the, you know, so I'm, I'm watching right. the videos like, and so here I, I mean, like I have fucking Metallica t-shirts and Skid Row t-shirts and I'm right. all into this shit. And I'm I'm can't stop playing "Fight the Power" on a cassette mm-hmm. single when they right, had wow. cassette singles. Back single,
3: in the day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm
1: in my and I'm I'm walking through the mall, right? And I'm like, <gasps> Chuck D wore that, so I bought the fucking African emblem. With, yeah. the red, with, with the red, black, and green. And I'm walking around with it. <laughs> the green, black, and red. and Oh, my God. And I had a friend in school. He was very nice. He was very nice. He goes, probably shouldn't wear that. Oh, no, dude. Probably shouldn't wear that. <laughs> no,
0: dude.
2: Rep.
3: am
1: just, just, just Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. hysterical. I <laughs>
3: learned culture. Learn oh, the culture, yeah, because that's you what know? you look
1: like. Dude, I had glasses and a fucking mullet. Dude, I wish, oh gosh, I wish there was a picture Lances, you guys could like
3: put in, <laughs> edit in right now. Glasses, a mullet, and a African medallion.
1: That's your album cover picture. I really do. Find that picture. Find that picture, that's your album cover. You will never see it.
2: You were ahead of your time. That's all I'm going to say, brother. That's all I'm saying is embrace it. You can bring it back. You may bring it back. I don't know.
0: That photo right there? Shit. Might happen. Hey, Andre, Andre speaking of great producers, do you ever, you know, working with that whole crew out there, do you ever get a chance to work with uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? You know, uh, I, I had a, here's my lazy moment. I
2: had an opportunity when Jimmy and Terry moved from Minneapolis, they closed down flight time there and moved the operation to uh, Los Angeles. I, yep, I was working as a tech for the time at the time. Um, so and that maybe kind of goes back as a throwback to your earlier question. How did you get in there? I mean, I did get initially hired as the tech for the band um, because I was on, the, on tour with Fishbone. and I was playing. I was a member of Fishbone but also going out with Morris Day and the Time as a tech, And a lot of people on both camps asked me why, what, what are you doing? Like you're in that band, why are you taking for us? And I was just like, dude, if I can just be close to this music, that's all that it, it means to me. Um, so Jimmy and Terry, uh, you know, of course, original members of the time, they got fired famously by Prince, moved on. Jerome, uh, who is Terry Lewis's brother, was no. still in the time. So the Jerome Lewis exactly and Jerome, the same, yeah. Jerome, that's their brothers. Wow, their brothers. Awesome. So Terry Lewis and Jerome Benton are brothers. And so when they were moving, of course I'm touring with, uh, I'm on the road with Jerome and Jerome was like, dude, you should go down. My brother is moving into his new studio. You should just go down there and help them move equipment in. And honestly, I was young and I kind of was, you know, feeling myself at the time. And it was so stupid, I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't go to Jimmy Jam and Terry with, wow. with Jerome. Jerome said, go down they, they, like, and help him just move. And Anyways, I didn't, and I still look back on that like 15 years later and I'm like, what was wrong with me? But recovery, um, since then, I joined the band obviously. Clearly at some point you joined the band. Prince did the musicology tour. And the guy who played keyboards in the time who played Jimmy Jam's part, uh, he, Prince hired him to go on the road with him for the big musicology tour. So what we call it going up to the big house. Chance got called up to the big house, like Prince called him, right? He, he, right. He, 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 Prince created the time, loves the time, loves Morris. It was just really wonderful to have him around. But then when he wanted to do this big thing, he handpicked Chance so there was an absence in the time. And I was that kid just like Dean, you you memorized uh, Eddie Murphy and after two weeks you could do it down to the breaths. Yeah. Well, it was that, it's that thing, we're cut from the same piece of cloth yeah. because even though I was teching with the band, I knew all the parts. Not only did I know the parts, the keyboard parts, I knew the bass parts, I knew the guitar parts. I knew how to play them. I would practice them. I wasn't paid to learn that. I just wanted to make that music. And so when uh, cut two, when Chance went away, they needed a keyboard player. And one day in sound check, they were trying to figure out a part. They had hired a guy in. He didn't know his parts, he didn't study. So I kind of went over to Morris. I said, "Uh, brother, I know that part that they're trying to work out. Do you want me to go show it to him? Walked over to him. He said, yeah, brother, yeah, 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 go, go. So I walked over and I showed him the part by the time we got back to the hotel, I got back to my room. The manager called my my hotel phone rings and I'm like, what the fuck? Who's calling me? Answer it. It's the manager who is Morris's brother. And he said, well, congratulations. You made it. You're in the band. Nice. And it was, it was just like that. So maybe that was my audition. I didn't really audition. Uh, but, you know, so that's kind of how I got into the band. I digress. I forgot what the fuck I was. <laughs> what the point of all of that was.
0: And hey, we're going to put you on the spot for a second, Andre. It was a good story. It was a good story. A great, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. You think the question a gives a shit?
1: You we give a shit about the fucking question? You just said you walked in you, and you joined Morris Day in the fucking time. Can <laughs> <laughs> we give a shit about the question we were asking before? Amen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right right, listen to this. Um, Andre, you have one of the best quotes I've seen. I, and this is something, I mean, I really wish more people would kind of like take the heart. This is what he wrote. He wrote, a good human, a good father, a good friend, a deep thinker. Oh, yeah, and a pretty badass musician uh, to boot. That sums you up, man. That is a beautiful quote. That is a, that, Holy I, shit, I, someone read that? Someone read I it? read that. Chuck- I think
2: <laughs> I no, love that quote. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Because you know what? It shows the depth of a human being that you are you know i really think that's a really nice quote and you know, you, know, you know in this world now we're so quick to criticize and jump and, and cancel people but we but we but we never want to praise someone someone who has a great outlook someone who's positive and who is real about it and again that's that's what that's what that comes across to me
3: cheers cheers
0: cheers okay Let's get back to making fun of you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to do. You were, you, 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 you said all right, Thank let's you. Talk, let's talk about I'm how like, you were a nerd walking around with your trumpet case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's You're real. In. That's real.
2: And and when Dean was talking about walking around with that case, see, I had to take Grambling University. Grambling State University is about thirty-five minutes away from my home of Monroe, Louisiana. So I played trumpet and I also played French horn. And brother, mm-hmm. when you, the French horn, a double horn, it's a big, and yeah. weird case. And to try to get on that bus. And like, I was such a nerd and a skinny little kid and people, I was bumping knees and, People hated me. It was such a struggle to take my French horn home and practice that it was just like, man, if, if this doesn't turn into something, I don't know what I'm
1: doing. You know, what's funny <laughs> when you just said
3: that. You just sounded like your teenage self. It's it so hard. To get
1: it <laughs> Here's a known fact about the French horn. A serious fact about the French horn. Uh, there's no you, French man. horn player in the history of the world who has ever gotten pussy.
3: Well, he, he, he played bass. Look,
1: no, but you now, bass. Can you ima- imagine how your life would be if you only played the French horn? Like you're walking down the street, no girl is ever going to give you a second look. You walk around with a guitar case or a bass case. They're like, Ooh, he's a bad boy. Yeah, he's a bad. Boy. You walk around with a French horn. It's like this guy's got fucking scoliosis. <laughs> and the trippy part is.
2: I can teach anyone a chord or two on a guitar in about five to ten minutes, right. and and make you think. And someone else could think, "Oh, wow, you're playing the guitar." It takes I don't know how much time to produce a sound out of the French horn, especially and let alone a good sound. So that's really
3: interesting. That you know, okay. I think I, I think you're. I don't think you ever have to worry about anyone saying, "Hey, man, can you teach me how to play that French horn?" <laughs> You that band, that's
0: one of the
2: problems with the world today man we need more french horn players yeah let me ask
3: andre did you play yes, um because it's because of hbcu did you play in the marching band oh when yes up, did it halftime shows because i had oh yes
2: oh yes absolutely so
3: so and you no, know I league... love for the french horn player because because the marching band yeah
2: that's a big deal. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dean, for thank you for some yeah. recovery there. Yeah. You see, guys, the French horn has its place. There's a marching yeah. French horn. Yeah. And although in marching band I did play trumpet. So okay. um, yeah. but but you know, that's a, I know I just shot myself in the foot. I I, I should I should say left. Say left, Padre, say left. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you you gave me an out and I totally like closed the band. Trying,
1: damn. I, threw, I threw the alley oop and you threw it back. Like when you're when you're in march when you're in marching band though, right? Like like if you're carrying a tuba, like that, yeah. like you need to have strength and you need to have lung capacity. Like, do you hate the fat kid who's behind with just the bass drum just banging the fucking drum? Just do you hate that son of a bitch? You mean the the person who's playing bass drum?
2: Yeah. Yeah, but they usually give that to a certain person.
1: Yeah, we, you know we, what we know. I mean. Yeah, we yeah. Know.
2: yeah. I mean, you know, there's you, everyone auditions. They have different instruments. You get sectioned, and then then there's there's cymbals and there's bass drum
1: left over. Yeah, I know. And I played, the, played right certain- field twos. You said, I know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like hold them, hold them, hit him now, hold them. What kind of do you man. have, Sean? What kind what? of child? That-
1: <laughs> I you, had a great with a you
0: played right field, I had a great and, man.
1: I pretended to be Michael Jackson. I pretended <laughs> to be Chuck D. I was a fat still little alive? lesbian at thirteen, I, and I wore stonewashed jeans. It was great. It's a great life. And you it's look funny. at you now. You're interviewing now. Look at me now, hey, I'm, I'm an unemployed comic with fucking rosacea, and I'm 43. This is great. Uh, and a uh, lot, of sig-
3: lot of lot of refrigerator magnets. Oh,
1: fuck you! Dude. Uh, there we you go. go. Oh, two weeks in a row this has been brought up. What's wrong with refrigerator magnets?
2: I see them in the background. (laughs)
0: That's
3: a lot.
2: Okay. Rich
1: Rich Voss was on two weeks ago. Oh, okay. I I know. And he he starts going into this whole thing like... My daughter wanted to go to the store and all she wanted was a refrigerator magnet and the store was sold out. And I'm not even realizing <laughs> that this motherfucker is ripping on me. <laughs> and I'm like, you son of a bitch. Did you give him suggestions of other places to go to buy a refrigerator? Magnets? Oh, I told him I told him a few things he can do, believe me.
3: But listen, that's an that's an amazing because during this whole quarantine. My wife and I have gotten into looking at people's backgrounds, and you have probably the nicest kitchen for a working comic. That's not a Whitney Cummings or or you know a a trillion year. No, because most people, everybody on TV has the fireplace. To me, that's the symbol. Sure. That everyone goes to here. Let me show my fireplace. I um. I, I'm like, let me show that I read. So I put the bookcase, <laughs> uh, the bookshelves behind me.
1: I'm, um, I'm clearly homeless. Yeah, I was just going to say, Andre is homeless. And you're living in a laundromat of- <laughs> right now. So, so
2: <laughs> I, I live right outside of this laundromat right behind me. <laughs> but the manager
0: said, this is fine
2: for me to do this out here. So
0: we're good.
1: That's, That's cool.
0: great. Dean, you're, <laughs> a, you're a great impressionist. Yeah, uh, yeah, quick yeah, question. Has anybody ever gotten upset about any impressions you've done?
3: I, you know what? Uh, well, shoot. Uh, Tracy wasn't happy when we found out I was doing them around when we were on the show together. you got to <laughs> be kidding me. <laughs> you, got you, got the hon- you got a little Well, you know what? I I think, and I just had this conversation with Elon Gold, who does a, a bunch of great great impressions. Um, And sometimes people misread. You know, they say it's the most sincerest form of flattery. Flattery, sometimes, right. Sometimes people misread it as you're making fun of them. And so when Tracy came, he was like, "Yeah, you know, why are you doing me? You do, do do Denzel Washington, do Michael Jackson, do Eddie Murphy. Why are you doing me? I'm not. I'm not celebrity. Jimmy Fallon is celebrity, you know. And uh, and so I, I stopped doing it." um for a second but i was like nah you are a celebrity so I, and yeah. uh, so now he's, he's one of my favorite present. but i mean that yeah. was that was back when we were on snl together and now is, you know is, is an even bigger star so I, there was a point where i was like man whatever i'm gonna do what i do um and then jay-z um he actually i was supposed to do this movie uh death of a dynasty um damon dash was directing and had written the film and he wanted me to play because because he knew I would do a really really strong Jay Z, um, you know, impression, right? <laughs> and so, um, but I was you know like 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 Andre just said with with uh, with regards to flight time, I was I was feeling myself. So when he asked me to do it, I was like, man, I got I, got, I just had a baby. We going to sh- you know going to England this summer. I ain't shooting no movie, um, but I did not know that they were going to be the musical guests. Um, that weekend or not that weekend, that that year, right around Halloween. The weekend that Jam Master uh was was murdered um in New York, Jay Z was a musical guest and Beyonce um was was doing her duet uh O three Bonnie and Clive. And so I'm I'm just walking towards um the studio during during the taping and uh James is like, yo Jay, remember that do. Remember that dude I said I called you when you were in France, and I said this dude does you, yo D, come in, do J, do do J for J, and it's awkward because yeah. it's like it's Jay Z here, yeah. Beyonce, yeah. Dame Dash, Jay Z's uh, partner Tata, and me. Nobody ever wants to hear an impression of themselves because to them they don't they don't hear you, they don't hear themselves the way they hear um wh- the way we hear it, right? Right, so, right. right. So me doing Jay Z is how we hear Jay Z, but Jay Z hears himself from inside his head, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it was just weird. He's like, "Do it." So I was like, "Hey, yo, it's feeling incredible, yo, babe. And and he just looked at me. He's like, "Yeah, cool." And they <laughs> walked away, and I just, was, Wah, blah, 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 you know, just Wah. There yeah, it was pitiful.
0: Hey, who was a good host to work with?
3: Bernie Mac uh oh, latifah nice. matt damon reese nice. witherspoon uh um, um like my top five um hosts i would say bernie Mac. reese witherspoon was was the first host um because it was like that was when uh uh giuliani and the fireman were cool. on stage with us she, she was, like she, was te- te- cool. yeah, nah, she was hella cool nah we me, me and uh ryan uh Philippi, you know we went out to dinner um couple of cast members, they chose a couple of cast members to hang out. and We just had dinner with each other that Tuesday night of the week of the show. And she was just, you know, nobody comes to SNL really arrogantly because it's, 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 an, it's an experience unlike any other show in Hollywood, because most TV shows, most film, you shoot it and it gets edited. This, this is your flying mm-hmm. without a net and it's, it's mm-hmm. literally live. So they're kind of on their best behavior. Mm-hmm. And nah, Reese Reese was real. And this is also this is before she was she she was one name. Like you can say Reese and people know Witherspoon, but this was like right right around uh, uh, Legally Blonde, really. Legally prominent. Blonde, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Alicia Keys is the musical guests. So was, you know, everybody was was new and excited.
0: Yeah. What well, about um, worst host? Anyone in real pain? Worst host? Been? You won't get that out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no one you listens know to what? this anyway, so you can tell us. Yeah.
3: No, they, they, I mean there, there were there were guests that if if you go back if if for any 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 viewers if you go and look to see who was the guest host when NBC got hit with anthrax, then you you'll get an idea of and it wasn't even that they were they were bad people it's just they they made it about them and they were all nervous to come and I remember. Uh, I think um Amy Poehler says something so funny. She was like, Oh yeah, because they're really trying that the terrorists are really trying to get you, you know. <laughs> because and we were all like, Yeah, nobody cares about it. i hope
2: somebody's Googling that factoid right now. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's Googling that.
0: Someone, trust me,
3: by, I'm sure somebody will.
0: But by, by one day after we air this thing, people will be yeah. back to us. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm
3: sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on.
0: You've also been doing a bunch of acting, Dean, right? Uh, Spider-Man three.
3: Yeah yeah I uh I, I have a, a bit part of Spider-Man 3 Sopranos um, I've done a couple of films that I was Which episode uh, the
0: was... Sopranos? We've had a bunch Sopranos.
3: of Sopranos. Oh, you know what uh the uh it's called shoot uh Junior it's when when Uncle Junior um was losing it when he was going crazy. Jeff, and... it,
1: it was on 6 years it was the one episode with the one black guy on it. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> no, no, you, his was funny. Mike Epps was also on an episode. Was he really? Yeah. yeah. If you if you go back and and uh, it was just a weird. I'll never forget because he was he was playing a, a gay character and the camera cut to him and he was like, "Oh my Christ!" And I'll never forget <laughs> that line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still yeah. He's one of those few people, man, who makes me laugh without yeah. doing anything. Mike you know,
3: Epps, yeah, man. Mike Epps is is a funny dude, man. I've known Mike for twenty some years, and and Mike is is just a pure comedian you know yeah, like yes he's he's a comic comics was just you're, you're leaving because you're tired and then epps walks in you like right, i'm gonna just watch because you know mike's gonna say something ridiculous on stage
1: <clears throat> stupid yeah. question for both of you if you've seen them which is your favorite friday movie friday next friday or friday after next
3: oh boy you know what's funny can i say i've never watched friday sit, sat down and watched it from front to i've seen the movie but I've never watched it consecutively. I, I don't like catch. the first
1: one. I think the last one is the funniest one because it's more really? sticky funny.
3: Which is the one with, with, uh, with Cat Williams. Is that the last uh, next Friday? Friday? First, that's next. the third one. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like that one, man. I like, I like Cat. I love the scene where he, uh, he has, uh, Terry Crews testicles in a vice yeah. grip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I loved I love what Mike did with that character. I love uh, I, I I loved uh, uh Pops. I loved uh uh John Witherspoon. Oh, I Witherspoon, I think, yes. I, I, I think Spoon was a comedic genius that people don't yes. people don't give credit. Credit is true. <laughs> Exactly. That's the piece. piece up. Yes. Correct with that. Yeah, Pops is dope, man. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I I I like both movies. I like all the movies. I don't know, I can't say. And uh you know, yeah. So, yep. Go ahead.
1: And I'll tell you one one thing I did watch this weekend. I Jeff, I don't know if you saw it either. Uh it's been out for a little while. Uh the Kevin Hart uh series on Netflix, Don't Fuck This Up.
3: Oh, I seen it. oh the five part, the like series. Can right? I tell you,
1: man? Like, it it takes good. a lot for me to like feel an inspiration uh, about yeah. something. Like, I know what we gotta do. Like, we gotta sit down, we gotta Sorry, write gosh. a joke, work on the tempo. I I actually got up and was like I'm writing a fucking movie. Like I was, I was. It really pumped me up, man. And he was brutally honest in that show too.
3: Yeah, no, Kev, Kevin was he, he's uh from the. You know, real talk, Kevin. I actually auditioned for SNL at the same time. Wow. I actually helped him. I helped him prepare his uh his audition. Known him, we've been friends for for many years. And then the whole the whole uh the whole hus- hustle heart mentality, man. And he uh you know he he just he focuses, man. Once he has... Has something, uh, yeah. you know, on his mind to do. He just gets
1: Crazy, crazy drive on him. Yes, Which, yes, does. Yeah, Dean, were you happy on SNL?
3: I was. I, I was for my first year and a half. My, my, my The last half of my second year was, was a challenge because I was constantly on the bubble, not sure if I was going to get renewed and, like, being renewed for a couple of weeks and then on the bubble, you know, so that, which is a mental game that, that, that they play. But now I was, man, I, I was, I I was hella happy. I, you know, to this day, I never understand what, what people are um, moping about it because, you know, people like, "Um, how'd you, what about Lauren Michaels? I heard he's, I'm like, oh man, dude, dude gave me an opportunity when nobody else did. And, and in the history of this, that show has been on what 40, Forty six years. Forty seven years. Yeah, forty seven years. 46, 47 years. 46, 47 years. Um, no, forty five. They started seventy five, right? Twenty five. 40.
0: Yeah, seventy five seventy six. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Two.
3: Yeah. So, um, so this is season forty six, I think. Uh, they just finished. Yeah. So, um, no, there have only been what a hundred and fifty some odd cast members, and in that hundred and fifty, there have only been about nineteen people of my hue that look like me so I'm I'm in a good number man I I, I I had a blast man because it was always we we we've been in those clubs um working for french fries and chicken wings right so sure. so
0: speaking of chicken wings Joe Lozen once paid me in chicken wings yes yeah. I, I, I don't I don't, <laughs> doubt it. I don't doubt
1: it um no so I, yeah, I had a blast man. And
3: Joe Lozan
1: i like to give a big shout out to my buddy, Andre here, who was standing out in a wind tunnel for the last fucking hour and five minutes. And when we're just starting to wrap up, he decides to go inside the house and sit in the couch. so We can actually hear him
2: <laughs> because uh, could you not, could you, was it really no, bad audio? Okay. 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 Oh, and now you
0: know we know, know what, what it sound like. Yeah. It's right. It's the humidity.
2: It's the humidity. Yeah, It's, it's like, bad. it's so hot. I had to come into the AC. So uh, yeah. But I was going to say real quick though, Um, You were talking about Mike Epps just being like one of those funny guys not to just make whatever but he's one of the few people I've hung around. Um, Mm -hmm. He and Jamie Foxx like just hung around them not when they're on in a very casual setting where just to listen to them talk and try to just tell you a story. You were laughing. Everyone's laughing and it's like, whoa, dude, that's a whole different it, it was a whole different level. And then talk about Spoon. I have one awesome Spoon story of Mr. John Witherspoon, rest his soul, uh, hanging out in the valley in LA um, at a place called Cafe Cordial. And it's great little music venue, restaurant. And I saw John Witherspoon one night and he's hanging out with two, maybe I shouldn't say this, but what? Two gorgeous yes. women, and I'm just like, look at pops over there. He's coordinated for real. Yes, yes, yes.
3: He was, he was, he was getting ready to bang, 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 bang.
0: <laughs> so absolute legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. This was a good episode, guys. Yeah,
1: man. yeah. I laughed more on this episode than I did on the last 19 that we've done.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's the truth, but oh, it really is. They're getting better
1: every week, man. They're getting better who, who, every week.
3: Who is Rich Voss's band? What was his favorite band? Uh, I, I really State.
1: couldn't oh. give you a band because I, I, you know, I work so much and I'm such a good comic. Um, but he talked about like a Springsteen story. Uh, that's, that's, really
3: that's so hack. He went with Springsteen.
1: You uh, know, a New Jersey comic talking about Springsteen. You know what I mean? Ugh. We had, uh, yeah, he was
0: on with Carol Montgomery, so they were both Springsteen fans. So we did a Springsteen okay. episode. Okay, okay,
3: okay. Good thing.
0: Good But, but good this sake. was this was good, man. This was this. Was, we, I mean, we listen. We were a little all over the place, but uh, it, it flowed. It had a good flow to it. It was, you know, it, it was, was
1: organic. You gotta go organic. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta say fucking script. Who, Jeff. who
0: was that supposed to be? There? That was supposed to be Jamie Fox. <laughs> 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 no, <okay>. no, <laughs>
1: I thought That's it was not... more like Tracy Morgan with a lift. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was being funny. I thought it was, it, it was, thought it was his brother, was joke, John Fox, yeah. so okay.
0: Really? <laughs> Dean, we were supposed to do a show tonight together.
3: I know. You know, it's funny. I have in my calendar, it's, I, I looked at it earlier uh, today, and I said, it's funny that we didn't have this show. Look, it's. Uh, look, I don't know if y'all can see that. It might be too, but, but no, Jeffrey Pohl show, and then it, it went from radio interview to gig in new jersey so so hey you know we this this was a good replacement next
0: year man next year hopefully the world will be a better place and we'll be able to be uh doing some more shows exactly guys well uh, well, whenever i'm in your neck of the woods
2: any of you guys you guys hit me up and uh once we get back on the road like you guys are you, you will we'll do it like, listen! Uh, don't tempt
1: is. me. I will jump on stage and fucking dance like a fat white boy you, in jungle. You will, love. Be doing the you will be doing the bird. Dude, bird. Unless Unless you will be doing the bird. Too
0: idea. late, Andre, because you know Sean. Swat! If it's after ten o'clock, he's not going out. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> oh, that's true. right. That's right. I'll give you a two-week notice. I'll give you two-week week advance.
0: No, yeah, but uh, listen, good. guys, we really appreciate your time. You guys yeah, are really tremendous. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Stay well. Be good, and hopefully, better times ahead. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All it. right. Thanks, guys. Hey, Adam, thank cheers. you very
0: much for producing the show. We appreciate Good it. Show parting words.
1: Um, <laughs> I really want to do my Tracy Morgan impression for do fucking come Dean. Come I'm not do doing it. No, I can't. You
0: got to do it. Let's do, do
1: it. it. You're pregnant. You <laughs> okay. 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 all right Okay. I just showed how I just showed how white I was. All right, we gotta wrap okay. it up with that. It,
3: it, it matched. It matched the the black medallion. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, That's right.
0: Suck. I can almost see it. I can almost see it. <laughs> I hate all of you. Thank you guys. Thanks Thank you guys. so much.
2: All right, Sean, cheers, thanks. guys. We'll see, see you next bye. time. Bye. Days. Later days.